For this episode, we wish to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which this podcast is recorded, the Wajuk Noongar people. We wish to pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. Always was, always will be Aboriginal land. Welcome back, everybody. You're listening to the Chronic Sisters podcast. You're joined by your usual hosts, Jess and Sean. Welcome back, everybody, to episode 13 of season however many, because it feels like we've been doing it forever. Forever in a day. Unlucky for some, 13, isn't it? Not Taylor not Swift, us. though. No, Taylor Swift's favourite number. Um, she's anyway, taken over the world. She but, is. Are you note. going to her concert? Uh, do I want to sell a left kidney for a ticket? No. I'm just checking because I remember I have this like vague recollection of you at work. Yes. Looking for tickets. Yes. Yes. That was for my uh, boss. Ah, stunning. Yeah. Stunning. Um, but I'm no, not going either. I was Shame. unsuccessful in that lottery. Yes. Yeah. Right. Anyway, my love, how are you? I'm good. Thank you, sister. Um, just chilling. It's actually been lovely to not have anything to report, really. Um... It's been fine. That's good. We yeah. love that. I'm, I'm sorry this episode is late, team. I was the one that let us down. You didn't I, let us down, doll. You were deathly unwell. I was, honestly, I have never, ever, ever, hand on heart, had a cold so bad. Yep. It was worse than COVID. I tested multiple times for COVID thinking it was COVID. I have never produced so much snot mm. in my whole life. Like for the nurses out there, you know, like the classic like red and clear suction canister by the old bedside could mm. have filled six of them. Yep, disgusting. And that's like being lenient, probably more like eight. And disgusting. it was just glue for 12 days. And I'm yep. on day 12 today. I've got night shift tonight. And it's just, look, You're it's been gonna an be absolute time. So crook by the end I of know, the night shift. I know, I know, I know. And we're pressed for time once again because I've got my fucking hairdresser appointment in. Literally, I've got to leave home in 59 minutes. So stunning. So no pressure. <clears throat> no time to muck around here. Absolutely. Anyway. Well, saying that, have you, are you finished with your updates? Well, yeah, well, we've got to head to the next segment because well, that's, that's where I'm coming say. in. Oh, yeah. stunning. Let's go. We'll Let's move go. swiftly on, sister, because swiftly. it's time for the... Fun fact follow up. Wow. Yeah. You went Thank real you. soulful at the end that's there. That's my new new voice. Oh, raspy. The sick voice. Yeah. Raspy as. So all I right. believe we do have some fun fact follow-ups for go you on, all. Then. Go on then. Um, number one is that Sean and I have booked our flights, everybody. Yeah, they are booked. We are coming in hot to Sydney. And in fact, they were so expensive for me to go to Sydney. I'm now going past Sean in Adelaide to pick her up. Yes, she so is. So I get to see her Adelaide home, have a little sleep over there for a night, and then we go to Sydney together. Which and I think is great. I think it's so fun and I'm so excited and the team at work were legends because I was doing a leave cover and they're all doing extra and overtime to make sure that Sean and I can get there. So feeling very grateful and mm. the dancing crew, I do miss one tech run, but that's fine. Um, they're all being supportive too. So we, yeah. we love that. It's a very, it'll be the biggest week I think of the year for me, but you know. Yes. Let's... And you've had a few busy weeks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But new job dancing and podcast awards one week, not a problem. Not a problem. Sign me up. 
Anyway, the flights are booked and it's legit and our tickets are sorted and now we just need clothes. Clothes and a hotel to stay at. Yeah, correct. Yeah. But that's a pretty good start. Like that's yeah, better than last week. Yeah, halfway there. Yes. And then I believe, Sister Sean, you had a friend date. How did your friend date go? I did. It was divine. Um, so we caught up for brekkie and it was honestly so wholesome and we just got on chatting as soon as she got there and she was super ADHD and I was super ADHD and so it was just a whole bunch of random conversations over a burger and a coffee it was honestly so so good um and we'll definitely be catching up again but we were chatting and I was like I was super kind of nervous about this it was kind of like a date and she was like oh no it's fine I'd love meeting new people because she networks as part of her job like she's in content creation and marketing and stuff so she meets people all the time but I didn't know that before meeting her obviously um but yeah it was really really fucking cool it was great felt I like that. a normal catch-up which was awesome because I've missed being able to like go out and grab a bite to eat or a drink with someone other than Zach. Yeah. That's Not that I so don't love nice. that. Like, love we love that. that. Oh, here comes Mr. Tippy Tappy. Here he is, just to say Good hi. Good morning, sunshine. Mine's at the office today, so. Oh, um, well, old mate has um, started FIFO. Oh. So he flew out oh, two days ago now. We're on day three today. And. Um, Bundy is adjusting to life without dad and there are elements he loves like sleeping in the bed every single night. Yes. And elements he hates, which is every car that parks in our driveway, he thinks is him and he's ready to go out and activity and his morning coffee run and yep. he's just a bit of a sad boy. So now he's looking at me sulking. But um, He's going to be so upset when you go to night shift. I know. I know. He I does know. not deal well when you do a night shift. I know. I know. <laughs> anyway, he will get picked up by his granddad, so it's oh good. Um, but also, uh, speaking of Bundy's grandparents, my parents, I'm moving back in there for a couple of weeks. You are. Um, the kitchen reno, everybody, finally starts on Monday. Oh, the long-awaited fucking ordeal what a journey and it's turned bigger than ben-hur we now have to bash brick walls out that we didn't think we'd have to bash it's just it's an absolute nightmare nightmare um there'll be red brick dust everywhere everything needs to be moved in the house all the indoor plants don't know where i'm putting them yet i can't be able to sleep in my bedroom because the kitchen stuff has to go in there it's a time um so it starts on monday and that will be the 24th, um, or 23rd, sorry, which is also old mate's birthday, but he's not here. Um, and then on the 9th of September, is not till, it's not till then that the stone's being laid and then the tiling afterwards. Sorry, September? <clears throat> November. You said 9th September, of November. Sorry. Well, that just shows how full of snot I still am. But so, yeah, anyway, it's going to be a long time. Mm. So. Well, it would have been longer if it was September. Also longer if it was Ricardo. So anyway. Oh gosh, Ricardo. Anyway, we've moved on to Big Normie. So Normie, Normie is coming Normie. on Monday. Stunning. So that is that update for you all. Um, and I think my only other update for you guys was that I had my fertility appointment. Um, it was full on. Um, mm. That's definitely not a lie. It was very full on. 
lots of questions, which you think you've answered because you get a whole booklet of questions to do, but you kind of have to recite everything. Mm. Um, the specialist was lovely. I had to be sent for blood straight away, which we both had. I think old mate had 12 vials and I had 15 vials of blood done. That's a lot and of blood. then it was so much, yeah. And then um, I've got to go for an internal ultrasound, which we know you've, if you've listened to these episodes over the year, the wizard stick is back mm. and it's coming up my chotch on yep. Monday. Stunning. Um, so I cannot wait for that. Mm. Um, and then I've got to get my tubes flushed, but I can't get in anywhere. Um, and I've rung 14 places with no luck and then rung my friend who works in radiology and she's been trying to, so... It's been tricky um, yeah. and unfortunately they're like, just let's book it in for the next cycle. But, you know, we're podcast heroes in Sydney, that cycle, at that, those yeah. days. Sorry. So I said, sorry. Um, so we're going to try for December to flush the tubes now. Oh, I've my given God. Because um, you've got to do it between day five and day ten, no earlier, it's no very later. specific. And when you don't have a regular cycle, you can't pre-book this shit in. You know mm. what I mean? Yeah, totally. Um, Anyway, so that is that. And I'm also doing cycle tracking bloods, which means I have to have my bloods done every second day for my whole cycle, which could go on for how long? I don't know. We don't know. Um, So my next ones, I got my results back from the last ones and they were normal. Get out of here. Stop it. Um, But they're not that excited because apparently the hormone levels when you have your period isn't the problem. It's as you try and progress elsewhere. Right. things get bad great um so yeah how's Ooh. the pessaries going oh yes i actually believe it or not have started no way congrats well done um, very uh, proud of you started being one day um <laughs> chelsea will love this um so after dancing chelsea and i were talking because she's going through it and we're going through it and we're going through it together and the um fertility specialist said to me oh you will Love Angela, this naturopath. And I said, she is the queen herself that I'm seeing. She's like, there's lots of evidence in in that, Jess. You mm. should start that. And I was hoping she would have said, don't worry about it. Yeah. But she definitely said, worry about it. So um, I started it, but I, I told you all I've got to make that like witch's cauldron of stuff. I've got to flush up there. Yep. I'm not, I haven't done that yet. But then on the alternative days, have to do this um, pessary that she makes up. Yeah. So after dancing, I was like feeling motivated after talking to Chelsea and I was like, I'm, I'm going to do it. So they're in the fridge, right? And this is so TMI. I am so sorry to everybody. But anyway. As if that's I, why they're here. I took it out the fridge and I put it on the bathroom bench, like on the sink. Mm-hmm. And I, will have, I was like, I'll have a shower and then I'll just do it before I go to bed. Yeah. I didn't realise the period of like a quick shower would be enough for it to literally fucking melt and I couldn't get it out and so I like cut it and opened it and it was literally like a piece of sponge cake (laughs) just crumbly and I text Chelsea I was like oh my god I've literally like shoved had to shove a piece of cake up there it was all just crumbling and I was trying to like get it and anyway I've learned that now Mm. I will go straight to the fridge Mm. and straight up and I will not leave it out not even for a minute Mm. um they did tell me that they had to stay in the fridge, but I thought, you know, a couple of minutes would be okay. So anyway, yeah, I shoved practically cake up there. Um, and then it, it's um, the the base that makes it stick together is coconut oil because it used to be a different oil, but that's really bad for you. I don't know. There was a lot of research. Anyway, so then 
I was just like coconut oil dripping down my hands and cake and oh lordy. Uh, anyway, so I've done one day and that's where I'm at. And I will start the witch's cauldron this weekend. I've decided. Okay. But I figured like, wow, well, old mates away, fire for life. It's just me doing my thing. Look, mm. it's probably I don't really have an excuse not to do it, do I? You don't. So yeah. um, I'm meant to be doing it for six weeks straight, but I think two weeks on, two weeks off is, you know, better than nothing. It's not like sure. a course of antibiotics or anything where you can't yep. use them. So, you know, your girl's trying. Um, <clears throat> but, yeah, that's me. Um, Some's better than none, doll. Love that. Yeah, exactly. Anyway, should we hop to the episode because it's already fucking quarter two. Like, yeah. what do you mean? Of course. What do you mean? So this week, um, Sean and I decided that we were feeling a little Pause. bit. Pause. We forgot the fun fact follow-up, the fun fact that I found out whilst I was confirming all of the information about the scoliosis episode. I'm so sorry. Just really quickly. Yeah, go back, go back. So. We'll cut this bit out. Oops. Yep. <coughs> so. The fun fact follow-ups from the actual episode, I have. Like, I have some fun facts for you. Firstly, I checked with Papa Gannon about the regularity of my visits, and it was definitely three months. Um, so every three months, I would have to go to this hospital and be put under general anesthetic, put on this that torture device, um, have my plaster Paris changed, and then see in three months place was basically our second home um weird thing well, i was speaking to my mum sidetrack i'll come back um at this hospital to go to the theater you had to be wheeled outside like physically outside the building so you'd be wheeled out of your ward in your bed to the physical outside environment and we're in England, I'd like to remind you so it was very cold and very wet so i remember after mum said it i was like memory unlocked i remember it would be freezing i'd be in my gown like hospital gown with my blankets like up to my neck because it was so freaking cold and if it was raining they would put like this plastic sheet over the bed like an umbrella <laughs> and you'd have to walk outside so mum or dad it was normally dad because mum wouldn't go to the, for me to be put to sleep we'd be walking outside and it'd be pissing down raining and then I'd just go into the operating theatre. How fucking weird is that? That is bizarre. Isn't that bizarre? So weird. So weird. Anyway, back to the original story about three months on the um, stretcher device. So I was talking to dad about it and um, he reminded me of the name of my doctor. So my doctor was called Dr. Meta. And I've since found out that she passed away in 2017 and she was the little hunchback lady and she was the most gentle woman I've ever met. And she was a great, great doctor. Anyway, during my like research, I was like, what is the name of that torture device? Like that has to be like a legit thing. I can't even like, it has to be a real thing. So I was looking it up anyway, long story short, that little Miss Hunchback Dr. Meta only invented the fucking table and the technique to put on the Plaster Paris. Sorry. What a queen. Only what? the best for you, sister. Only the best for me. Not only, not only was my um, pediatric orthopedic um, doctor for my scoliosis a revolutionary woman to change the technique and everything, and on her research papers, she had 
a very high success rate at reducing a curve in infantile scoliosis to zero if it was under 20 degrees when they started, which I find amazing. Um, secondly, not only was my first doctor a revolutionary woman, which is amazing, the surgeon that did my spinal fusion was the surgeon for the Princess of England. Stop it, darling. I told you only the best for you. Only the best for me. So anyway... You're practically famous. Practically a queen myself. What can I say? What, what can I say? What can you say? Also, a memory was unlocked when I was talking to Dad about it. There was a bathtub, which I absolutely loved, because it had um, the Little Mermaid painted on the wall. Very cool. And Fair it was also the first place that I tried rice pudding, and I fucking hated it and never eaten it since. So I hate rice pudding, and old mate loves it. I why? hate it's it. It's vomit in a bowl. Stop it. <coughs> Stop it. The texture. Ooh. Disgusting. Clumpy. Disgu Can't. Nah. No. Absolutely not. Anyway, Ugh. that was anyway, my fun facts from last week. I, I love that. Thank you very much for bringing that to the table, sister. Um, <laughs> the meta table, <coughs> if you will. Watch out. Stop it. Okay, all right. <laughs> um, but this weekend, speaking of Sean practically being famous um, and a princess, uh, we kind of thought about what was going on with us and the podcast thing and we were mm. feeling like a little bit overwhelmed like this can't yeah. be real the old Australian podcast awards situazi against yeah. all those big names which I had mentioned earlier and we were feeling a bit like imposters in this little world with oh. our little paint and sip and like our other stuff going on we're like we're just little old nurses we don't make any money we're just doing this for fun how yeah. have we ended up here yeah. So we thought, what a better way than to do an episode literally on, on imposter syndrome. Talk all so about it. So it's also called <clears throat> perceived fraudulence. So you pretty much, it refers to like the internal experience of self-doubt and believing that you're not as competent as others perceive you to be. Clearly all the judges who judge mm. this podcast award. Yeah. So a couple of psychologists, Susanna Imms and Pauline Rose Clance, if you will, um, mm. first actually made this term up in 1970. So not that long ago. Not that long ago. Not at all. And so, yeah, I guess it, it means like despite like the objective success that we have, so being nominated or whether it's in your education or experience or accomplishments like this, it's characterised by this like chronic feeling of, feeling like you're a fraud or like you're inadequate or you're incompetent, you know, yeah. and it's it, it becomes hard to like internalise your success and genuinely believe that you're capable of this. Like I said to Sean, oh, maybe this is a mistake. Maybe they didn't mean to send it to us, you know, and it can affect anyone. So from, you know, first year of high school when you're trying to fit in, the most successful CEO out there, like regardless of who you are as a person, it can affect anyone. And it's expected that 70% of people will experience this feeling at some point in their life and around 25 to 30% of all high achievers out there will experience it. So it's typically the high achieving individuals who will more than often experience this. And I know for like me, like, you know, runner up ducks for school, runner up ducks for bloody my nursing degree, like a very high achiever, highly motivated a highly motivated, high driven female is normally <clears throat> the people who experience this more. Sorry, my voice is still terrible. 
But so even pretty much what it means is that even as others praise you for your talents, you always say that, which I know that Ashan and I do, we like owe our success to like, oh, the timing or it was just luck and mm. like you don't believe that you earn them based on your merits and then and you worry that others are going to think the same about you. Yeah, and they're going to find anyway. out that you're, you've got no fucking idea what you're doing. Yeah, or that exactly. You, it was all wrong and yeah. all imagined and it's not re- really real and what yeah. i find super interesting to you talking about like high achieving and whatever originally they only thought that this was applicable to women in high achieving roles like that that was the original cohort of people that it would yeah. affect but it's obviously not and they've since recognized that it's anyone and like you said 70 percent, and it doesn't matter it can affect anyone. So it doesn't matter about your social status, your working background, your skill level, or if you've got a degree or if you're a specialist, like it can happen to literally anyone and everyone. Yeah. And like more, the people most likely to have these feelings, they're often saying now it's people who are working in an area that's stereotypically outside of their comfort zone. So Mm. for us, this is in our comfort zone, like nursing is our comfort zone. And so to be nominated for something like this, this is where the imposter syndrome really shines. Oh yeah. But it's important to know that you actually can't be diagnosed with it. Like it's not, Mm. it's not in the, um, manual of mental health disorders or anything it's not an official psychiatric diagnosis in the dsm that we spoke about with adhd and stuff so people with imposter syndrome they may struggle with other things like anxiety because you're highly driven highly motivated depression because Mm. you don't believe you're worthy but an individual won't be diagnosed with imposter syndrome if Mm. that makes it's almost like a symptom yeah. Of yeah. the anxiety or depression. And yeah. it can manifest in a lot of different ways. And a lot of it is self-talk, like what you think and what you say about yourself internally or externally to others, especially when someone's validating you or complimenting you or rewarding you. Um, it can be really difficult to accept. Um, and even like, I know you just said that it's normally when it's outside of your comfort zone, but even at work, I still feel like I have no idea what I'm doing and they're going to figure out that I'm the wrong person for the job and I really aren't, Is I'm not doing very much. Like I don't know why people keep like applauding me or putting me forward for awards or recognition like... I don't know. It's it and it's exhausting also. Like it's bloody exhausting um to constantly be second guessing yourself. Um and it's also like from an esteem level like oh, it takes a hit, especially like with so for the the reason that we're talking about this is let's face it is because of the awards, right? And how we're feeling like th- they made a mistake. This is way over what we do and even when people message us being like thank you so much for doing this podcast like it means so much to us like keep doing what you're doing what are we doing what are we doing <laughs> do you know what I, I don't mean? know my friend I don't know I feel exactly the same it's so tricky and like you said about work too like I've just been bloody nominated for this award and like I won it a couple of years ago and I've been nominated again and I first off attacked Sean I was yeah. like did you nominate me 
why? Why the fuck have you done this? I'm so yeah. embarrassed. Like, I don't deserve this. What the fuck? Sean was like, mm, wasn't me, sweetie. Not me. And I was so sure it was her. Mm, and no. I was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. But, like, it's that you, first of all, turn into, like, why have you done this? Mm. Not You don't just Ew. accept the fact that maybe you're actually good at your job, which is really sad. But I guess when you talk about why the brain does this to you is that the human brain, it generally doesn't focus on good things because good things can't hurt us. So instead it focuses on things that we see as dangerous or as threats. So if in this case, like you're worried that people are going to think you don't know what you're doing and that you're a fraud and like, why have you been put up for this? Mm. And, and it's the way your brain naturally thinks, which is quite sad, but mm. unfortunately that's just how we're all wired. Evolution. So like I think when we talk about um, imposter syndrome, we talk about what it might feel like. I think – like I'll say a few things now and if you feel like these things maybe you've had a level of imposter syndrome as well at some point in your life but it often feels like an inability to realistically assess that your competence and your skills like you're not able to stop and go actually I am really good at this and I do deserve this or you attribute your success to external factors like oh well maybe no one else was up for the award when you know that's untrue it, um, you kind of berate your own performance, you play yourself down, you fear that you won't live up to expectations, you constantly want to overachieve, then you sabotage your own success, you have a layer of self-doubt and you find uh, the setting of challenging goals and feeling disappointed when you fall short. So you're constantly setting yourself up for like, I've got to do this, I've got to do that. And then if you fall short or you don't meet your own little timeline you feel very disappointed so it's that mm. pressure I guess on yourself all the I'm time fucking nodding so hard I'm like hurting my neck like literally, yeah, literally. all of the above and you know not we because we were talking about like obviously we're so excited that we've been nominated and exactly the same thing of like I was like well maybe not very many people applied like surely we've scraped through maybe there was no one else yeah. to pick but then we like but we're still super excited, right? And so we're still trying, we downplay it, but we're low-key, high-key excited, right? And then Jess and I were just talking about it, of like being in the same room as all these like really big names and all of these people um, who were also saying that they didn't get through, like since the awards were um, released, like the finalists, we've seen people who didn't get through that we were like, surely surely they would be there like as a as a get-go so we're like oh yeah that was definitely a mistake but then we were talking about like what if we win and then I was like no we can't think about that because if I let myself get excited about the possibility of winning like I'll be super disappointed and I just want to protect myself but I was thinking about it I was like how unfortunate and how sad that because I feel I won't speak for you Jess but because I feel that I'm not good enough. I won't allow myself to feel excitement or to feel joy about something because I feel like deep down I'm not good enough and that I don't deserve it. It is so sad. It's so, Isn't so, it? so sad. But I can't change it, even though I know that it's happening. I know. And that's just like we said, how we're wired. And so when talking about imposters, there's actually five types. And I said to Sean, when I found my type, I was like, I feel attacked. And it was interesting, Sean and I are different types. So hmm. I'll read the five to you. And then if one resonates with you, then like, let us know. But the first one is the natural genius. So this kind of imposter spends their life always picking up new skills with little to no effort, like quite easy, 
um, that they believe they should always understand new things and new methods in record time. So they set themselves unrealistic goals and feel crushed when they don't get it on the first try. They just feel like they should be able to pick up everything. That's not me. That's not the type of imposter no, I am. Not me either. Um, or Shan. The second is the perfectionist. So this kind of person focuses primarily on how they do things to the point where they demand perfection and they come at themselves in every aspect of their lives. It has to be perfect. But since perfection isn't a real goal, they can't really meet these standards. So instead of just acknowledging like, I worked really hard for this or I put lots of effort in to achieve something, they'll criticize themselves for making tiny, tiny little mistakes or feeling ashamed of their failure. And then they can, on the extreme, avoid doing new things because they believe that they can't accomplish it perfectly. That's me. That's one of mine. That is one of Sean's. One of mine. Then we have the um, soloist. So the soloist tends to be like a very individualistic person, prefers to kind of work alone, do their thing, should be able to handle everything on their own. And if they can't achieve success on their own, then they consider themselves unworthy of the success. So self-worth that stems from their own um, productivity um, and then the imposter finds that asking for help is a sign of weakness. Also me. There's Sean. There's my two. There's Sean. Then I am number four, the superhero. So these imposters link their competence and their ability to succeed in every role that they hold. So they feel like they need to exceed incredibly as an employee, as a parent, as a student, as a friend, as a family member, as a podcaster, as a dancer or whatever. In, in their opinion, if they can't navigate all of the demands on all of these roles in life all of the time then they're inadequate. So to succeed, they have to feel like they push themselves to the limit and expend all their energy as much as possible for every single role. That is myself. (laughs) (laughs) And then there's the expert. So the expert, um, they have to learn everything there is to know about a focused topic before considering their work success. So they might spend too much time pursuing their quest for more knowledge that they end up devoting too much time to that and then losing time for other tasks um, and not being able to prioritise. And so even though they're highly skilled, they underrate their expertise because they're still looking for more information to make them better. So mm. they're, they're the to five. To rank them as the expert. Yeah. Yep. They're the five types. Mm. Do, uh, do you all feel attacked listening to this? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's honestly like disgusting how accurate. I know. And I know. That's a lot of my life. <laughs> like Absolutely. There's well, multiple then, points. Exactly. And like, I guess to talk about how, how does it affect your life? You're just saying it affects most parts of your life, doesn't it? Like, Mm. you know, if you think about work, then if your, um, your work performance can lead to burnout because like you fear, and I know you definitely fear, Sean, that people expect more from you or that you're not good enough and you feel you've got this constant, not so much in my role for definitely for your role. I can see it that fear that you're unable to deliver and that you then might hold yourself back and avoid seeking higher achievements due to the fear of not succeeding or doing things the wrong way because it's a new role and you're navigating it on your own like you can completely see that yeah and it's like and also I think to a degree it it um comes out also in my health in terms of I'm not sick enough or I'm not disabled enough to ask for this or to be seen as this or to to just feel as though others feel 
Does that make sense? Yeah, completely. I feel exactly sound like, oh, no, there's nothing wrong with me. Like I refused to call in sick this week when I was actually yeah. sick because I've got this weird, well, no, like I know that I need to be at work because my shift got swapped because I'm the most senior person. I have to be there and I've got that stupid perfectionist thing where I have to be the best all the time and then your health does like fall into that too and I think if you talk about health then it's important to talk about your mental health so the fear of not being adequate enough leads to a lot of mental health complications so you might experience lots of frustration or depression or lack of self-confidence self-doubt anxiety shame like they're big feelings to have to deal with all the time you know what I mean yeah it's and that's why it's so tiring yeah feeling your feels is fucking exhausting and worrying about what others think of you and how you view yourself. Like it's really, really tricky, like yeah. super tricky. I remember once when I was in um, infection control, I was um, doing my rounds and um, I was talking to a couple of the nurses that I knew and um, they knew that I had been hurt. So I, I had hurt myself at work. Um, and I was off on workers' comp for a little while. And during that time, I didn't just stay home. I came into work and they found me different roles to do. So I was working in all different departments and getting all this experience, which was amazing. Um, but I was chatting to these um, girls and they made a sly comment that just hit me harder than I anticipated and they were like oh what are you doing now like how comes you're doing these rounds blah 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 what's what are you what role are you doing um and I was like oh I'm, I'm infection control blah 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 um and they were like oh and I don't know how the, the the sentence came up but the sentence that they said to me I still remember and they were like oh well we know that the only reason you got that was because you hurt yourself and I was like um no, I applied and I was successful. Um, and you slayed just, that job, can we just say? <laughs> yeah, I was the successful slayed. candidate. Um, they were like, oh, yeah, but you got there because of what you did when you hurt yourself. And I was like, okay, well, I'm going to go see you around. And that has stuck with me since they said that. And then that also feeds the imposter syndrome to be like, well, I am that's what they think. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? So it, it's this self-perpetuating cycle of not only do I think it, but I have the right to think it because other people may also think it. And I assume that that's everybody. When they were just a small, um, you know, without sounding like it's your mum talking, but they were they were just jealous that I was doing something else and saw mm -hmm. it as a, an attack on them and so needed to bring me down to feel better. Um, yeah. I now know upon reflection, but at the time it fucking stung. Yeah. It's, it's so hard, like, because you even, like you just said, you overthink interactions you have with other people and you don't realise what someone can say to you, how it can affect you in the long term. Like, it's really mm. tricky and then I guess like I wanted to look into more of like what causes it? Why? I get that we're overachievers, but it has to be other things. Like it can't just be the fact that we overachieve, that this we have these feelings. So I did find a few articles about what other things can um, cause imposter syndrome. 
And one of them was like family upbringing. So I don't know if anyone's listening, this may or may not resonate with you, but having a controlling or overprotective household that can sometimes, you know, put you more at risk of having imposter syndrome or coming from a family that really highly valued achievement or you might have had parents even flip back and forth between offering praise and then being quite critical and expecting more of you. That that underlying tone can obviously set you up for imposter syndrome or when there's high amounts of conflict in the home and not a lot of support in the home too, that can obviously um, set you up for feelings of imposter syndrome. I didn't really resonate with this, but some people will. Mm. But then there was obviously heaps of other things like, you know, going to a new school or um, a new, like going primary school to high school, or I definitely felt it, you know, moving dance schools when I was, you know, early teen. So that pressure to achieve and succeed combined with a lack of experience can trigger those feelings again of inadequacy in the new role and setting. So I definitely resonate with that one. And then things like your personality. So personality traits have been linked to a higher risk of experiencing imposter syndrome. So like some of those traits might be um, like believing um, in your ability to succeed in any given situation. So if you don't have that ability in yourself, then that will set you up. And having that, like Sean said, um, her being a perfectionist, like that can play a significant role in imposter syndrome because you might think that there is some perfect script even for things like conversations that you have with people and then you worry that you say the wrong thing in conversation and then you have trouble asking for help and then you procrastinate due to your own really high standards. And I guess um, neuroticism and being neurotic is quite big and it's, it um, is also linked to high levels of anxiety and insecurity and tension and guilt, but they are big personality traits that put you more at risk. And then other things like imposter syndrome and social anxiety that can overlap. So a person with social anxiety might feel as though that they don't belong in a social setting or in a specific performance situation. Um, and so that can definitely put you more at risk of having these big feelings. Yeah. And they're big feelings, man. But I think a lot of the time it be- it becomes not dangerous, but like super impactful when you just internalize it. I think talking about it and actually listening to someone um, give you that positive reinforcement is really important. Um, but everything in your body will tell you that they're lying because of the imposter syndrome. Um, but I think talking about it is one giant step towards reducing the impact of all those big feelings. Yeah, exactly. So I think what like you're talking about now is like talking about how to treat it. And I think like you said, talking is just the number one thing. And then also things like reframing your thoughts. So just, you know, once you say get a raise at work or you, um, you've been nominated for this award and you feel distressed or guilty because you don't feel like you deserve it. It's important that we go back and analyze why we have this belief and then we should stop and examine if this belief is actually valid. Is it actually true? And Sean and I deep down, we know that we work really hard for this podcast and we know, we hope that we put out good content and yes, that has been reflected and we have been nominated. So it's just I don't know, it's just reminding yourself of that and then question yourself. So every time you have a negative thought about your capabilities or wonder, say, if you are suitable for the job that you're in or 
why you're up for an award or just anything in your life. Just pause and ask yourself, is this an accurate thought? Is this experience authentic or am I responding to it based on outside thoughts, outside variables? Does Mm. this thinking help me or does this thinking restrain me? Is Is this healthy or is it not? story true? Exactly. Is there facts to show me that this story is true or one that my internal brain has created? Exactly. And nine times out of ten, it's just your brain. Yeah. It's not true. That's right. And like Sean said. There are no facts, Your Honour. Yeah. Talk it out. Talk these things out with a friend, a mentor, a therapist, a family member, a partner. Like it's wise to talk about it to someone else. Because acquiring sometimes that outside perspective can shake those irrational beliefs and ground you a little bit, take you back to reality. Like this is not you, you deserve this. And then you are able to embrace that success. So, you know, even if it's a minor win, resist the urge by like putting down every triumph, every, um, stopping yourself from resonating with things emotionally. Like you're allowed to feel success. And then I guess the last one would be like practice self-compassion, like, you know, be mindful because it's, you just need to be kind to yourself, reflect on your feelings and then try and become more compassionate to yourself and help connect you back with those feelings that you deserve to feel, you know? Exactly. It's, um, it's a whirlwind and it's one of the many things that are set up against you. And it just so happens that it's your brain. And it's stuck with you forever. Yeah. You have to learn how to be in a partnership rather than constantly in conflict. Um, Yeah. And it's so fucking hard. Like, it's not easy. And um, when the, you know, when your life seems to be stacked against you in every other aspect, the least that you need, the last thing that you need is for the internal dialogue to also be one of them so yeah it is about that self-compassion it is about recognizing your worth and that you're important and that you deserve the good things in your life as well as the next person and it is because of who you are and what you do and it's not always true what you think about yourself and I think that's the main message really Um, that not only you guys have to listen to, the listeners, but also Jess and I, um, and to not allow our brains, our imposter syndrome, to take away from our achievements and our joy because it's a cool thing and not everyone gets to do it and we're excited and that should be enough and that is okay to feel that way. Absolutely. And... I'm going to revel in the excitement that I also get to see you two months in a row. Stop it. I know. Um, so Sister Shanice is coming back home next weekend and I am so excited. Yeah, me too. Um, and we have our paint and sip too, speaking of, yep. um, which we're very excited for. Mm-hmm. Um, I need a cute little outfit for that too. We're me too. Shopping. Um, and... Then, yeah, the following month we have our podcast awards. So that is very, very exciting. You're going to be sick of me. I know. I never could never be sick of you. Um, And then on the side of that, we're also working on a little, a little something, a little, a little fun thing. 
a um, purchasable fun thing. Yes. Uh, But we're starting small. And we're working our way up. But just so we you know, are. just keep your little Because we don't make any money. No. But that's not because of that. Because we want, it's a co- the coolest thing. It is. The package arrived and it was the coolest thing to see a thing that we made with our logo on. And I hope you enjoy them when we yeah. release them. Yes. Very true. Very true. Anyway, my love, do you have a question or quote or anything for me? I don't have any questions for you. But I do have a quote if you'll I'll, I'll let you speak. accept. Yes, please, please um, bring it to the table. So it goes a little something like this. The desire wouldn't be in your heart if you weren't capable of achieving it. I love that. I absolutely yeah. love that. Simple as that really, isn't it? Exactly. So nice. So easy. Just so do it. So nice. We hope this episode really just puts a little spring in your step to whatever you're doing and you're doing it well. Just keep doing it well and don't question yourself. You're allowed to feel like you're doing a good job. Yeah. Some days are are really hard and you don't feel like that. So when you do feel like that, don't stop it. Don't block it. Let yourself feel that because days can be really tricky Mm. and, you know, we're aware of everything that's going on in the world right now and it doesn't feel like a very nice place no. Um, so if you have those feelings where you are proud of yourself, that's really important to just yep. embrace those feelings. Exactly. Well, I don't know if it was my left ear that just popped or the headphone just started working, but now it all of a sudden sounds so loud. So I hope it hasn't affected the recording and it's just my internal eardrum combusting. Because <laughs> hopefully, hopefully, almost, but hopefully not at the same time. I'm almost deaf. <laughs> Whoa. Um, anyway, classic do you have Jess, a question or quote? I, I don't have a question, but I just hope that you continue to feel great about the things that you're doing in podcast life, work life. Thank you, sister. Being a supportive partner, all of the things. I just you. hope you feel the goodness of what you're doing. Thank and you. in classic Jess style, we've gone with a longer one, um, not too long, uh, but it is about self-worth. So um, it goes a little bit like this. It's by Nikki Bannis, who wrote this quote. Um, The only one who gets to decide your worth is you. It doesn't come from your bank account or the number of friends you have. It doesn't come from what someone else says you're worth. It's called self-worth for a reason. It comes from you. It comes from being yourself and being proud of who you are. It comes from being someone that you can count on and someone that you love. The numbers will change with time, but what won't change is who you are deep, deep inside. Beautiful, limitless, wonderful, creative, strong and capable. That's where your worth comes from. Absolutely. Amen, Nikki. Yes, amen, Nikki. Yes, Nikki. We love that. Preach. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, this was quite that, a sister. nice. No, thank you. It was quite a nice feel good episode yeah it just feels nice to like shake it out you know yeah yeah and acknowledge that everyone has these feelings and it's just because our brains naturally want to think negatively first and it's about us putting the effort in to rewire that absolutely because your brain's just trying to protect you but it's living in a world where saber-toothed tigers would attack you not an email coming through you know so sometimes it just needs to be told to settle down that's all it needs correct um 
more times than you care to think. So that's okay. Just tell her to take a back seat. It's all right. You got it. Yes. I'll take. The, I'll drive from here. It's fine. Yes. You are all wonderful. You're doing yep. wonderful things and feel that deeply because you deserve to feel good. Amen. 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 All right, sister. Well, on that note. On that note. We hope you have a fabulous, fabulous week. week. Take care. Bye. Bye.